Welcome to Deconflections and Pedagogy. I'm Carlos Arboleda. And I'm David Bremner. This is the show where we decompress and reflect on the week and talk about pedagogy. And we also drink good tea while we're at it. So grab yourself a cup and enjoy with us as you listen now. Are you tired? I'm tired, but but not at the same time. Like I felt the end of the year was done when I went running yesterday. I actually had a really good pace, although I was really tired. But at my pace was good. So it's in it. And actually, that was my meditation while I was running. It just I let it come in, and I learned about just how much um, how much we carry when we have that many things that we're balancing and juggling during. A, during the regular work day, work year, work week, all that stuff actually weighs. Because, man, my pace was, it wasn't my best, but it was a strong pace compared to how I've been the last few weeks. And that was even after a day of, like, recovery from my run. I was just peppy, but tired. Yeah, I was, I was tired when I was out this morning, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but ran 3K faster than I would normally run 3K. Yeah. 3K, by the way, is not a lot to run fast. <laughs> It's relative, though. Yeah, some of our colleagues will go pinging, but I'm not one of the lightweight people on staff. Mm, yeah. We got to, like, do a Tanya Harding, break their... Those people that can run forever. <laughs> we'll break their knee or something. <laughs> Stand around the corner with an ice... With a, <laughs> ice skating blade. You guys run too much. I'll tell you what, though. I came in here today, and I sat down to... So I had to publish reports. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time I've sat at my desk knowing I only have one thing to do. Oh, that's... Yeah. And I was sitting there like, wait, where's my to-do? Let me just check and make sure there's nothing on my to-do list. And I was like, oh, I could do this now. And then I could do this. I don't need to do those other things till mm. 1st of August. Mm. But it was the first time I sat at my desk with only one job. Yeah. Refreshing, but also worrying. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I, I wonder about that. Really, I've wondered about that. I like how you just said it was refreshing, but worrying. Because I can get down on myself when I have that many things that I'm juggling or you know like from counseling perspective you've got the crisis and this is a crisis and then all of a sudden a real crisis comes in and that last crisis which I was sure was a crisis yeah all of a sudden is a little bit like oh I can put this on hold for a minute and get that one so I always like get down on myself on my efficiency if I've got like that many juggling and at the end of the day it worked out and I always wonder it was I lucky that we work this out or is that then why it's refreshing like you say to be able to sit down and do one thing and worrying but maybe if maybe that's why we do what we do because you can turn the heat up yeah and there's that many things and even if we pulled 80 percent 90 percent out of you know 50 things in this week 50 big things in this week and we pulled 80 and 90 somehow that quantifies as in all right, we can live with that versus one or two at 100. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, definitely. And maybe that's the character and why, why we do what we do. There's a, one of the things they talked about in our leadership training that we did, the No Tough One, which mm. was our episode three. Mm. Uh, they talked about taking your jobs list and organizing it into things that are important and not important. Mm. And also things that are urgent and not urgent. Mm. And deciding where they fall on a grid. And the things that are important need to get done, but there's no urgency to them and things that are urgent 
need to get done because they, they need to happen sooner rather than later. And then you've got the things that are not urgent and not important that you can, I mean, probably not do anything about them and they'll disappear. Mm. Um, what I've found at the end of the year is the number of things that are not important suddenly becoming important <laughs> and not urgent suddenly becoming urgent <laughs> and things that are important suddenly become urgent and important you know mm, yeah the the way that your to-do list is spread out suddenly becomes very top corner heavy mm. yeah man that happened to me this week from tuesday till thursday i was astonished personally at how many things that had been on me on my not critical but needed to get done like i needed to get this done but they weren't critical but it would have been better if i would have done it earlier yeah that I burned through them, but I didn't put time, like, I didn't burn through them like I put them on my calendar. I had them on my list. And they happened in between some urgencies, you know? Like, I mean, I had that, that kid, you know, that, that was uh, hurting himself and whatnot, taking up a lot of time. I had... When he says taking up a lot of time, he doesn't mean getting in the way of what other things he had to do. Like, Carlos is an awesome no. school counselor who would drop everything to help any student. Yeah, yeah, no, what I mean, <laughs> taking up time is that literally, you know, we had, we, we, you know, it's like, come on in, let's sit down. Hour and a half, two hours later, it's like, oh, we got a plan. Yeah, we got a plan. Somewhere in all of that and a couple of other things, I was walking out the door on Thursday, like, all those things got signed. <laughs> I made good with eight, I mean, not HR, with finance. Finance is happy with me, you know? <laughs> SEN coordinator is like, hey, we actually got those tests for dyslexia ordered. We did. It's like, wow. Somewhere in there, it, it all worked. So the end of the school year is a, it's, it's a really great time to reflect. Real blessing. And it turns up the heat right at the end. It's really good. And I really like the non-checkout mentality. Yes. You know, just like, no, we can't check out. It's not like that. This, this crank, it's like that last push. I love it. Yeah. I, uh, I actually begin my end of year checklist, like the winding down of the school year, in March. <laughs> That's hardcore, man. <laughs> so I, I find in many years of experience in schools that things we know we need for next year mm -hmm. are on the to-do list, but they're not urgent mm -hmm. and they're not important right now, and so they get bumped. Mm -hmm. And as the year creeps by, they start to creep up the urgency and importance list. Mm -hmm. So on my calendar, 1st of March, have we got a calendar for next year yet? Mm. Do we know the semester dates, start and end dates? Where are we with recruitment? What can we offer in terms of subject choices? Because I would love, and I think we've done it this year, I need to, I'll, I'll know for sure next week. I would love to leave school at the end of the year and give teachers a schedule mm -hmm. so they know what classes they're teaching and in what order in the day. And we could even give it to kids and say, yeah. this is what we're doing. I think we, I think we can do that by next year. But I that, think so too. We have to bump that process way back yeah. because if it was... You know, lots of people say this, but if it weren't for the kids, the school would run really smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. I love helping kids with whatever problems they've got and helping teachers to help kids with whatever problems they've yeah. got. I also have a massive pile of admin and those two, yeah. one takes time away from the other. And it's important that the time of admin does not take time away from the time with helping kids. Because yeah. that's, I'm not an admin person, I'm a here to help kids person. So I'd love to be at the stage where the admin gets done in time but I also know that that's really not practical. That's why my, my end of the year checklist starts in March. Mm. Because hopefully in the spare moments, I'm like, oh, guys, I've got an idea for the timetable. And oh, I know how the rooming can work. I think we're really close to that. I do too. Yeah. I do too. I'm going to get tea. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it has boiled now. It has. 
a light has turned off. Yeah. I don't know which one it was. It was just a pretty bad, so I gave you that one. Cool. Must have been a good end of the year because we're just quiet, reflecting. <laughs> just tired. <laughs> or it's like that scene at the end of the Avengers where the, the first one where they're all eating at the cafe is just at the pita, the shawarma Trauma, place. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, I mean, it feels that good. Like, it was a good year. Yeah. I liked our last day of school a lot. Mm. I was... I was happy to be given the chance to make it memorable mm. and a lot of it came out of that book that Brian gave us to read Power of Moments by Chip Heath and Dan Heath Chip and Dan Heath Chip and Dan I wonder if they're related they must be <laughs> good thing that it's not Chip and Dale of course by which I mean the Disney characters <laughs> okay <laughs> by the way guys if Chip Heath and Dan Heath are hearing this <laughs> I'll be surprised. We really love this book, <laughs> by the way. So yeah, it's good. forget the Chippendale reference. Although they are cute, whether you're seeing them on stage or whether you're seeing them <laughs> on Disney Channel. I've heard. So I've heard. So I was glad to have the chance to make memorable moments mm. in the last day of school. That's what I wanted. You know, I think back to my school days and the schools that I've worked at and the ones that do great things in the last... The last week or in the last day are always the ones that kids come back excited to be coming back. Yeah. And I remember schools that I have worked in and schools that I've been to as a student where if the last day is no big deal, you don't have the buzz of it over summer. And kids come back, some of them nervous, some of them like not very excited to be back. If you can give them this big high to go out on, mm -hmm. they take that energy through the summer and yeah. are excited to come back. And then we have to create a moment at the start of the year that they come in and they go, bam, this is why I come to this school. Very good. Sorry, this is my most important one in my life. All right, hold, hold on. This is going to be good. I'm, I'm going to give it to David to answer. Here we go. Hey, babe. Hello. I am really hungry, so I think I'm going to order something. What are you thinking? Is this David? <laughs> <laughs> I got to work on that accent. I'm <laughs> Friend now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're not friends. We don't get along at all. No. <laughs> I get a jokester at work and at home. I'm yeah. Lucky. <laughs> That's lucky. We were just talking about the Chippendales. Do you know anything about Chippendales? The cartoons Ex or the dancers? <laughs> what? The, the cartoons? What are the dancers? What? <laughs> <laughs> So the end of the year, just yesterday, two, two items that were pretty significant. One of them is one kid that struggled all year. Capacity, good, great capacity, has, had gone through a lot. Um, big changes right before COVID hit. Decides to change schools um, from Shanghai to Wuxi. And so that means that he's going to be traveling long distance. He starts traveling here. COVID hits. Goes on to online Learning, probably the worst thing that this kid needs because he's a very cohort-oriented, has to sit with people, has to, you know, sharpen his knives off of others and um, struggles through that year, struggled through this year. Um, 
Very interestingly, he's a kid who, last episode we did data stories. His tests are phenomenal. So, you know, high average SAT, map test, 99th percentile as a senior with 20, 20 normative data worldwide in his mathematics. 96th percentile, I'm sorry. But then struggled in math in classes, struggled in his English class, um, write some great essays and can do some math that I can't do. I mean, some great stuff. But then his grades just didn't hit the point. He didn't get into colleges, like zero. Uh, and he kept pushing and kept trying. And then, uh, I mean, by his own hand, there's a lot of like stubbornness that he had and a lot of, you know, half-baked applications. And then it was after graduation that he got his first and his second admission. And he just says, uh, Mr. Arboleda, what does this mean? And he shows me uh, an email that he gets with you know, a, a really nice letter, not just attached to email itself, it's a letter and it says, you're in. Congratulations, you know. Oh, cool. We look forward for you being a future such and such, you know. Great school, one best state schools in the United States highest endowment, number one honors college in the United States, um, both for private and state schools, um, great university. Then he's got another one coming in, right? And then you look at that and I think, man, it's exactly what he needed. He yeah. needed to get slapped and yeah. told no. Yeah. He needed to get crunched. He needed to, but he's also somebody that fights against, you know, he questions authority and- oh, Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> he questions authority. And, you know, I'll tell you, I wrote, in, in, in one of his reports, I said, don't we, don't we all tell our kids that they need to learn how to question authority? Yeah. And this is, this is one of this kid's strength, that he, he will not bring to you any disciplinary issues. He'll bring to you some stubborn points of views and he'll challenge your classrooms and he'll challenge your teachers and stuff. Uh, just for the record, that's not why he didn't get into other universities, by the way. <laughs> we got all the records that he could have done a better job on his applications. And he's, you know, he, he's the type of person that things get hard and he starts questioning things since like Adam and Genesis. You know, he's like, let's start at the beginning and start questioning everything. First things exploded. Why did they have to explode? That kind of stuff. Um, he needed to be humbled. And, and now, you know, he almost didn't make it through, but he did. And he, and deservedly. So he needed to... He's gonna. He he's got really nice, couple of nice admissions, and he's gonna go to them. I'm meeting with parents this next week. They're gonna come. And they're gonna ask. We're gonna talk about what the best schools are for him. Which one they should choose. Then the next one, speaking about wrapping up, is um, a young lady. She walks up and she's she's a superstar, absolute superstar. Um, she got into great universities. Of those great universities, the one that would bring honor to the family she didn't make the final round and but she's over the moon because the ones that she actually really liked she ended up is going to be accepting one oh, of those cool. but her her family disagreed with her so our this was the last conversation i had as buses were leaving while we were doing our orchestra and that thing yeah. we were over on the stream because she was upset it's causing dissonance she can't see what her parents are doing because she disagrees with it. Her parents' expectations are that she should understand that they're doing it because they don't want the family to lose face and they don't want to lose honor in their community. And, and to them, they're like, what well, does it matter? You're going to the school that you wanted to anyway, but we're disappointed you didn't get to go to this school. And she's questioning and she's thinking, 
you mean you you also have lost some honor because I didn't get into that school, but in actuality, you know, I'm going to be going to the school that I think is best and I prefer to go to, which has like materials engineering program like through the roof things you know words and concepts mm-hmm. that I I can't even begin to comprehend. She's getting she's going to that school, and she's really sad and embarrassed because she's expected to see and understand what her parents are doing. So that conversation was very interesting because she's upset. She doesn't know what to do. It's her family tradition. I mean, not tradition. You know, this idea of not losing face or holding on to honor is so culturally enmeshed. And I just reminded her that she is, she's so brilliant that she is going to need to learn to expect things like this to continually come up in her life because, you know, to break the gravitational pull of the earth, you've got to go ballistic. And you've got to burn fuel to push out. And then you go where no one has gone before and you do you, you do what's expected of you because everyone's expecting you to do this great thing, not understanding that to do that great thing, you got to break mold and push. But then for those who venture there, not only will you go out and make those great discoveries and you know, become that character and push, then you're going to get burnt on re-entry. So on the way back in, you're going to get burnt. So what's the lesson is independence. You have to love them still. You have to understand them still but become independent, like, like the next, the stage of the rocket ship is detaching from the stage that got you here. Now you gotta become independent and love them, understand them even if you don't agree, and even find a way to have that conversation, but find a way to say it where it's not argumentative and just challenging in a loving way because you're now taking on leadership and you're not going on. Man, so end yeah. of years, bro. Yeah. End of years are great. And having those conversations are hard. Mm. But I think not having those conversations with parents or anybody is also hard because it yeah. weighs on your mind. That's right. And makes your day-to-day life that bit harder. Mm. And also telling it, I think I said this, get used to it. Oh, yeah. It's like, just get used to it. Especially the higher you're going to climb, the more stones are going to get thrown at yeah. you. So get used to it. And it's an understanding that the, the emotional intelligence of the students might be considerably higher than that of the parent. Mm. You know, they can understand so much more about what's happening in the in their heads because they see it and also what they're thinking themselves, whereas the parents are maybe treating her like she's still a kid. Yeah. And with the values of their world. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is the same in every family. My What's important in my life and how I live my life is very different to how my parents lived their lives when they were my age. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because of when we've done it and where we've done it. Because they, my parents are both live in Scotland, grew, you know, had kids in the 80s. The world's a very different place to what it was back then. Yes, sir. And here is a very different country <laughs> to what Scotland was, mm. you know. Is she going to the States? The girl you're talking about? No, she's going back to Korea. Back to Korea. But what's interesting is that the parents, as a means to not lose honor, have said, why don't you go ahead and accept the... the um, offer from the school in the states so that nobody asks questions as to well what school did you choose in korea because of how intensely judgmental Mm -hmm. your decisions are in which school you choose in korea yeah and look at how it's hurting this girl she's going to a school that can fold over 
the science programs in the school in the States that her parents are like, oh, why don't you just go to that one? Because it's so much easier for the family and the name of the family. And, you know, here she is, a superstar. She's, been, she's, uh, she's one of our superstars, Dave, on her way out, suffering like that. And it's just not okay. Yeah. You know, and I, and I did say, I said, there's so many things we got to throw out that's our old school cultural garbage. And I used those words. I said, hey, there's things that I got to throw out from my Latin background. You know, that's just, I've got a mom that grew up in communist uh, China. And She's coming. Hey. Hi. Hi, Shelly. Hey, Shelly. Can I get your signature? Yes, of course. Hey. We're being visited here by superstar Shelly. We're, we're recording a show right now. And now it's Shelly and superstar Amy from HR and Shelly, our third grade teacher. You are now. You're on our show. Well, I imagine wherever you are, your school year is finishing. So I hope you've had a good year. Yeah. I imagine it will have been a weird one for most of you, since I think it's probably just the listeners in China that have been had a full school year mm-hmm. without COVID disruption. And even then, I think there's some provinces that have had COVID disruptions. Yeah, Beijing. Beijing yeah. had disruptions. Next so, year will be better. Unless somebody messes it up out there. <laughs> we didn't talk about tea. No. I have no idea what kind of tea you made. It's very nice. It's it very was- orange. It, oh, it's very orange? Very good. Yeah. It was in a purple package. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. I've always been scared to try that one because I didn't know what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny that I looked at it and I just said, oh, it's purple. And when I glanced really quickly, it didn't like have a, mm. anything that was obvious. Now, mine, I actually didn't investigate it. I investigated yours longer to see what it was. <laughs> mine was clearly lemon and uh, ginger. Yeah. Something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. That was it. It was like lemon ginger. Yeah. Yours had like I don't know, and they were and they're both uh, this company. Twinings. Twinings. So interesting. I'm gonna have to replenish my tea drawer for next year. Okay, I can contribute to it. Do you want me to contribute money? Contribute money or contribute tea? Because I got a bunch oh, of tea. tea. Yeah. Tea. Okay. All right. During summer, our plan is we're gonna read professional reading. Yes. And then wherever we are, Skype or WeChat each other. Yeah. And we'll record that conversation. That's cool. And do we have to read the same book or can it be different books? Oh, it could be different books. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like you could read something. Like one of the ones I think we should do is the first days of school. Oh, yeah. Because we've asked book. all of our staff to read it. Yeah. Love that book. Great book. Everyone should read first days of school. And then that means the staff who come in, and I'm sure there'll only be one or two, and they're like, oh, no, I forgot to read the book. <laughs> they can listen to the episode and get the cliff notes. They get the cliff notes. <laughs> they get the DMP notes. Deconflections and Pedagogy is an independent podcast made by us here at Boston International School in Wuxi, China. You can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram with the names Deconflections and Pedagogy. Just guess the spelling, something will come up. Yeah. And Deconflections and Pedagogy is hosted by me, Carlos Arboleda, and David Bremner. Our producer and editor is David Bremner. Our guests this week were Shelley. Shelley D'Souza. Who came in to visit us, who's retiring after... Oh, 40 years in the teacher game. Yeah. She is a giant among educators. And she's retiring to Goa. Yes. Where they have this beautiful place next to the sea. With Shelley Shelley and Justino. Yeah, and Justino. Our tea this week was, well, mine was a mystery. Yours yeah. was lemon ginger. Lemon ginger. was Yours was the purple mystery. Purple mystery. <laughs> that could be psychedelic. <laughs> oh, that explains why the walls are bleeding. There it is. <laughs> 
Special thanks to all of the teachers out there who get started with their end of year checklists early and make things happen on time for the end of the year. Yes, nice work for you. May, the, may that force be with us because I need to work on that. We'll see you next week. Take care.